Welcome, welcome, welcome one, welcome all, those who are watching live on YouTube, on Facebook, those who are going to be watching at a later time. Mazel tov, mazel tov. As we conclude, Sefer Kinyan, another book. We move towards the end of the Ramam with two books left as we finish this master. Whether you're on board and have been every single day loyal and diligent in studying the Ramam daily, whether you're just hopping on board, and uh, might I suggest and give a plug that uh, these last two books and the uh, first few books are uh, easier to study. They are topics that people are more familiar with. And uh, if you've uh, thought about joining the three Ram, three Prakam, three chapter of Ramam cycle, this is really a very, very appropriate time to hop on board where we end off on a high and we begin on a high. You don't have to wait for a few months till we start the actual Mahser. So thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And we have a uh, great uh, pleasure. We have a great privilege of having on for today uh, a special guest who's joining us. Uh, this is uh, a, uh, sometimes we have uh, Russian yeshivas, sometimes we have mashbim, sometimes we have uh, uh, scholars and residents, and we've had all different. And today we are joining with Mr. Israel Rappaport, who is the uh, president of Nalian Holdings and uh, someone who on the ground experiences and lives the halachas that we have studied. So a big welcome. Thank you, Israel, for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So um, sometimes it's uh, more impressive when someone who is uh, uh, entirely immersed in the world of business and the world of finance, I know you are a well-known coach to many and guide in, in business, the fact that you are a loyal three-prakim Rambam learner. If you can just sort of Give a word before we actually delve into the nitty gritties and all the stories. If we can just sort of talk about, if you don't mind, and I know people don't like talking about themselves, but if you can talk a little bit about your learning of Rambam, uh, uh, and, and, and it's okay to be self-aggrandizing. It's okay to talk uh, nicely about yourself here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so my history with Rambam goes back uh, uh, almost 30 years. Um, uh, when I was still in yeshiva, uh, I remember being at a Fabrengen and the Mashpia convinced the Bacham to start doing uh, Rambam, Gimel Prakim. And if my memory serves me correctly, I believe for the next 11 years, I, I did Gimel Prakim Rambam. Um, I don't know if I ever learned it, but I definitely said it. Uh, and then after that, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I, I kind of dropped out. And incidentally, uh, <laughs> I, for some reason, I had never really had a chance to learn a lot of Gemara in my life. And I decided that I'm going to start learning Dafyemi of all things. So I, I didn't feel right learning Dafyemi and not learning, uh, not learning Rambam and uh, not being that careful even with Chitas at the time. So I, um, I decided to get back into Rambam. And uh, at that point, I went back to Paragachot. And on and off, I kept Paragachot going for quite a while until about, uh, I want to say a couple of years ago, I met Rabbi Cantor from Switzerland, which is very involved in the Rambam project. I met him by a wedding in uh, in New Jersey, and uh, he's like, why don't you do Gimel Prakim? And I'm like, listen, I, I, I don't know if I can do that. 
he's and he used you as a, he said there's a now we have this new app in rambam and there's this guy called rally resnick and he gives a share and it's a short share and it's a clear share and if you can do it in 25 30 minutes a day and the next morning I started doing Rambam Gimel Prakim, and so I'm back in it. But then I decided that I'm going to be more careful with it, so that I actually understand what I'm learning as well. Now I can't say that that happens every day. I have days when it's very difficult for me, but I try to at least every day gain something, uh, every day learn, and try to at least pick up something from the halachas that I learn every day. But mostly I try to concentrate on, on all the different halachas that I learned. So that's, okay. the, that's the basic background. Incidentally, it's a, an interesting little story that's attached to that. And I, I attribute that to, uh, to Gimel Prakim Rambam. <laughs> I was by the oil uh, maybe six months or so ago. Like I, I went to the oil at four o'clock in the morning. Um, just the time I like to go. There's very few people there. And I got to the oil and uh, Rabbi Cantor's brother um, from, uh, from Thailand was by the oil. And I saw him and I remember that he had asked me for a donation uh, a year earlier. And I decided, you know what? I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him a donation. So when I was driving back from the oil, I called him. I knew, I, th I knew who he went with the oil, and uh, I called him up and I told him that I that I want to give him a donation. And then I hung up with him, and then I I put on the Rambam in my car. And there's a problem with the app. It wasn't wasn't you know they had a bunch of issues with the app. And I said, you know what, I have to. I said I'm going to call that a canton in Switzerland, which was involved in the app. And I said um, we have to do something about this app. Uh, he couldn't talk right away, but he calls me back and he's like, listen, I'm going to give you a number of someone to call, but you know, now that I have you on the phone already, I want to ask you for a donation. Because <laughs> I have this thing, I need, I need to, uh, I, I push it, I just finished uh, buying this new Chabad house in Switzerland. And I literally, this thing came up that I need to register the building now. And it's going to cost, I believe it was like another $40,000 as, as, as a registration fee for the, for the building. And it's like, I partially tapped out. And I said, um, listen, today was your brother's day. I, I, today I gave money <laughs> to your brother. And, uh, but uh, I said to him, I don't even know why I said it. No reason. I said, to me, it does not make sense that you have to pay this, this money. So... He's, I said, this, you're a nonprofit. I know nothing about the laws of real estate in Switzerland at all, although I'm originally from Switzerland, but I told him, uh, I, 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 it doesn't make sense to me. I said, I said, I think you should check. You should check with the lawyer. And he's like, uh, okay, I'm using the top nonprofit lawyer in Switzerland, but you know what? I, I guess I'll check. And he hangs up with me and he calls up the lawyer. And, and the lawyer, and he tells the lawyer, I, I, I just spoke to someone and he told me that I, I, I shouldn't have to pay this fee. So the lawyer said, what are you talking about? I do this all day. This is exactly what I do. I'm telling you, this fee needs to be paid. There's no such thing. He's like, no, I want you to check it out. I want you to check. <laughs> and the lawyer 
apparently went back to the law books and he found the clause that a nonprofit is exempt from this fee. And he calls him back and he's like, uh, I, I, don't, I can't confirm it yet, but it seems like you don't have to pay this fee. Rabbi Cantor calls me back. And the thing is, it's not my story, it's, it's his story, but he's the one that got me to learn Rambam. And I called him that day. And it turned out that the minute I called his brother is when he also called his brother. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And his brother says, at least call a few people, make a make a make an effort and try to get see if you can raise the money. And that moment I called him and then he called me back and he's like, look, if you called me, then maybe you're the person. So may the brushes continue from the Rambam. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So okay, he's so let's $40,000. Yeah. Okay. Continued onward and upward. So, so, so I, I'm moving on to the specific book, we obviously are all celebrating here together because we've just concluded Sefer Kenyan. And Sefer Kenyan is, uh, you know, they, they tell the story of the Heilig Kurkaban, the, the, the man who's studying all about the, the laws of the Shechita, but he's never seen the inside of an animal. So for myself and for many of us who are studying, the laws of Kenyan and the laws of Shutvas and dissolving partnerships and acquiring real estate, other than the Chabaras that I'm sitting in, that's the only sort of, piece of real estate we've acquired and we hope not to sell it anytime soon. But if you could sort of give a, a little bit from your perspective, and this is, I think, why, why we're talking today. Um, right. In other words, when you're learning these laws, can, can you give us sort of an insider? Where do you see when you're learning these halachas? You're actually seeing this, you're actually living this. And if you can sort of give us a little bit of that, that would be, that would be very, very special. So this two specific uh it's, it's interesting a lot of sometimes when when you when you're learning something and you know you have this moment where there's a correlation between something that incidentally in today's tanya actually talks about uh, uh it talks about learning daf, learning halachas to be mitzahar yourself with uh, like the idea that just um so it goes together very well with with what we're doing right now because so when you're living it when when you're living a lot of times things and and just so happened to be that we came across some halachas in um, in 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 Mechira, and one of the halachas that I that I mentioned over there is that uh, if a person tells you why they're selling you something uh, let's say someone is selling you a house. And he says, because I'm moving, I'm moving out of town, and then something happens, and they don't move out of town, the 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 sale is um, is nullified by it. And it just so happened to be that someone came to me that same day, and there was a situation going on where there was a dispute about a property in a, in, a, in a certain town where that person agreed to sell it, and they even went into contract. Uh, to sell it, but he saw, he told him that I'm selling it because I'm moving, and he decided not to move in the end. And it, it was about to go into court, and they were arguing, and uh, they both sides. And I had just looked in the Rambam, and I, I, it, it was I was I got involved. I, I I spoke to both sides, and I said, look, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of things to figure out for sure in terms of uh, the, the costs associated, but the reality is that the person clearly told you that they're selling this and, and I partially came across it in Ramam and 
I, without going into the whole halacha of it or what the actual din is, obviously there's a lot of time, it goes according to the halacha of the country and when the contract is a contract, but because there were both Jewish people that were involved, uh, it ended up helping them a lot in, in, in resolving their disputes. So were fine. they themselves Orthodox? These are people, these, these are Shemr Shabbat, these are Orthodox Jews who are following uh, Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, yeah, and, and so another thing, I mean, I, I'm always blown away, and even, I know we're going to get up to the last halacha over here uh, in Hilchas in Aftas, where we're talking about slavery, and, and Rambam finishes off the whole idea, we're going to, I guess we'll get to it in a little bit, but the underlying principle and how to look at these things. So there was a story, actually, uh, it started a couple of years ago, or a year and a half ago, where I was investing with someone in a real estate project. And he was buying it from a, another, uh, from Yid, from another Jew. And it turned out um, that the broker, which was also a Jewish person and, and him, at some point it got very messy and it turned out that the person didn't really do his job properly, the broker. And the person selling it wasn't really um, in undisputed territory of, of ownership. And uh, the person that I was investing with decided that uh, he was going to circumvent them. And, and, and technically he was right. He was right because he didn't deliver, the broker didn't deliver. And I said, this is, I'm out of this deal. I, I do not want to be a part of this. And he's like, why? I'm telling you, I'm right about this. I said, I said to him, I understand that you're right about it, but the underlying principle, does he know that you're right? Does he understand that you know, you're, you're dealing with another person and you're hurting them and you're going behind them and in their mind, you're, you're and I said, there's no, there's no bracha when you do a deal where you're taking advantage of someone else and I do not want to, and it was a really, really good opportunity. And, and I pulled out of it, and it so happened to be that in the end, they sued him, and he ended up, it ended up dragging out uh, a long time, and he ended up having to pay the broker anyway, and he had to end up paying this person anyway, and in the end, he settled, and Baruch Hashem, everything. So do you really feel, so, 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 I mean, and you mentioned this, so, so, in other words, you have Classic capitalism, where my goal is to get as much money as I can to win the deal as best as I can. So what, what you're saying is when, when you learn, and again, without getting into particular cases, when you're learning Rambam, it actually makes you say, you know, I might be right in this situation, but it's just sort of hashkafically the wrong thing to do. Is that the way you're looking at it? Yeah, I, very, very much so. You know, it's obviously, you know, Rambam is not halacha lemaisa. We don't task in according to the Rambam. And very often the halacha doesn't end up being necessarily the Rambam's halacha, but it's, it's fascinating that when you learn Rambam and specifically Gimel Prakim, where you're going through it and you're going through it at a relatively quick pace, you will always find that the buildup of the, of the Rambam's halachas will always lead to the underlying ashkafa. And, and we, we find it very much in these, in, in these halachas, you know, there's a, by uh, you always, you know, you have to really understand the person that gives a gift, what was their thought process behind? Because it's not just the fact that they gave someone a gift, like what, what, what was the thinking behind it? Why did they give this gift? You know, and you know, it's, it, it, there's 
in every halacha, there's this, this aspect is as it's not a correct approach. When two people, when a, a person agrees to sell something, it's actually a story with my great grandfather during World War I, he lived in Switzerland and in, in, in St. Gallen in a town and he had a very coveted material. He was in the textile industry and he agreed to sell to someone uh, a, a load of materials. And literally a, a few hours later, he had never signed anything. He just had a verbal agreement. And a few hours later, someone offered him 25,000 British pounds more for the same goods. And 25,000 British pounds could have taken him through the next couple of years of living. And he said, nope, I agreed to sell it to, to this person. And that's what I'm going to end up doing. And, and he did not accept the second deal. And if you look in the Rambam, clearly, like, this is part of it. It's not just, you know, I never signed anything and I can get away with it and I can take someone's better. But you know what, this is, you agreed to sell it. And you, and, and you stick to it. And there's a lot of bracha that, is, that lies in, 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 in approaching the world that way. Um, and I, I, this is one of the things that I very strongly personally connect to when I learn. It, uh, it, it is very, very inspiring. It's actually because, I mean, when you think of business, it's cutthroat. And, and if legally you're entitled to it, if halakhically you're entitled to it. So, you know, the, the standard approach is go get it. And... <laughs> it's a very, very unique perspective, and, and, it's, an, and it's a refreshing one that learning Ramam and seeing it through, with, through your lens, you, you see, and you also see the brachas that come from it, which is really incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's very, very apparent in these business halachas, but it's not, even, it's not even hidden in the words. The Rambam is very, very clear that understand what you're doing understand what you're representing when you do business with someone and ultimately the bracha if you believe that panas is and you're going to get the bracha from the ebishter you you know you don't have to worry how much more you could have made and you know where else you can pull out another dollar because you're going to get it if you're supposed to get it you're going to get it okay yeah. I, you, you you have to you have to echo this uh, throughout the world we have to we have to record you saying this throughout so before we actually get to the end, in a few moments, we'll actually conclude where the Ramam is actually going to tell us that although you're allowed to work a slave really hard, but as you say, and one should go beyond that. Can you give us sort of another where, a place where Israel Rappaport and his learning of Ramam and his life connect anywhere in Safer Kenyan that you've sort of connected, whether it's land, whether it's partnerships, whether it's anything else that's something that, that, that might, might pique people's interests? Um. I mean, there's another interesting uh, concept. There's a concept of Ainoya, which is discussed in this program, which is basically where, you know, you're not supposed to mark something up, you know, more than a sixth um, when you're selling merchandise to someone else. And it's interesting, there's, there's a lot of ways around, you know, when, you, when a person knows how much you're marking it up or if you're telling them and there's things that are not included in it. But the Ramam really, uh, indicates uh, very strongly that it's not just about, you know, staying within the system, it's understanding the system, you know, literally the halachas continue with which is not technically, which is where verbal you, abuse, yeah, verbal abuse, which doesn't even fit in over here. It doesn't technically belong into this part of the Rambam. And right, you would think it would go in, in laws of character traits and deus, right? 
right? And really is trying to, in some way, telling you that this is a life choice. This is not just about, you know, can I mark it up this much or can I not? And, you know, when I, whenever I, I if I wholesale a product to someone else and I, I know that they're not going to be successful with the product, you know, that they're, and, and they tell me, no, no, I want to buy it. I can't sell it to them if I don't feel that, that I'm actually doing the right thing for them. And I will point it out to them. I will tell them, I, I don't believe that this is a good purchase for you. And if then they still choose, then that's their choice. But <laughs> I believe that it goes further because, and you know, this is not just, I mean, obviously there's the, there's the spiritual, the ruchnistic element to this. And you have to always try to do things in the most uh, uh, appropriate manner. But, you know, in reality, in business, when people see that you look out for them long-term, that always comes back uh, in, in, in a good way as well. So uh, a lot of times you're going to find that these, these ideas are not just, not just spiritual ideas. These ideas actually translate very well also into real life and they enhance relationships and they enhance business business deals and, and long-term business relationships so yeah wow okay this is very 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 good. okay let's do it before we actually do the same which we'll do in a few moments um you mentioned uh, overcharging you mentioned overcharging one of the ways out of overcharging is is uh, land uh in terms of uh in terms of price is that is that something that you 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 deal with in, in your in your uh in your realms as well it's a, it's actually very interesting that the, that land does not go into the category of 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 i know because uh, the pasuk indicates that it has to be an object uh, a movable a movable object and land doesn't fall in but really if you look in the gemara there's a there's a deeper meaning to that and and it says that land is never overpriced uh, not not exactly in those words, but land is always worth its money, and I think that's actually a good business lesson, uh, <laughs> a deep business lesson, because long term you're going to make money with land. So there is no such concept as a person being over on the on on just from uh, from selling land at too high a price. So, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, take take it take it from the Rambam. Invest in real estate. As a matter of fact, we know that he says we should. You know, the Gemara says we should diversify our assets. Right, one third in in, in one third in real estate at least. Okay. Yeah. So with with this, if we can please ask the uh, moderator to please put up the last halach, and we are now going to conclude. And we are going to conclude. Simcha betuv levav. We'd like to ask you, uh, Israel, please, if you can please teach, read, learn. Teach us the final halacha of the Rambam for Sefer Kenyan as we make tonight, see him, or tonight morning, wherever you are, this see him today. So as I mentioned before, this is actually a very perfect halacha that indicates this overall uh, underlying view of the Rambam beyond the, uh, you know, beyond just the laws of it. But what, what, is, the, what, what is the underlying concept of the halacha and how to approach it. So this is the last halacha of the laws of having slaves. And 
Um, obviously, it's very interesting, the idea of slavery, not discussing, and slavery is not a directly relevant subject nowadays, Baruch Hashem, but you know, even within slavery, we see that we have very, very careful, we have to be very careful on how we treat people when they're in such a compromised state. But if in this last halacha, it says, you're allowed to do, you're allowed to work with an Evid Knani, you're allowed to make them uh, do hard labor. It says that the midas chasidus, you know, the 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 proper way, the pious uh, the pious way of doing it, and the smart way of doing it, that is, the person should have always be a should should pursue things in, in a merciful way and uh, in a righteous way, and he should never um, make his slave work very hard. And uh, you should also not uh, cause him any distress. You should serve him all the food that he eats himself. And you should also get, uh, let him partake in his meals. And he says, if you actually look at the early Chachamim, they used to give them all the food that they themselves were eating. And they actually were careful to feed their animals and their slaves before they, they fed themselves. Can we have the moderator please lift up the screen? Thank you. Uh, we, uh, yeah. It says in the Pasuk that the slave, you know, they, they look up to their, to their masters and basically what they see in the master and how the master treats them and they are fully at their mercy. And should never humiliate them. They never, and, and not with your hands and not, not with words. It says perhaps they were condemned to a life of slavery, but not to be, not to be embarrassed. And you should not scream at them. You should not be angry at them. You should listen to them. You should talk to them gently. You should listen to their complaints and to their concerns. It's even when, when they're fighting with me, yeah, I, I'm not withholding the justice to them, like even in, in their worst situation. Am I not made uh, in the same womb as they're made? Like, am I I'm not coming from the same place as them? Um, one second. It says, really, this is not a Jewish trait to be, to be, uh, in, uh, to, to behave in, in a non in a non gentle way um but but jewish people that are descendants of avramavinu where the abishta gave us the tera and they gave us the, the the beauty and the goodness of the tera 
and he commanded us with his chukim, uh, with all the different types of commandment, tzaddikim rachmanim heim. He says they are people that have uh, rachmanus, that they uh, that they are merciful. And we also act the same way that the Abishta would act, the same approach, which we know that the Abishta is a merciful God, and we should be emulating him. Can we move it up a little bit? Here's the final words of the Rambam over here. And anybody that is merciful to others, merachamim alav, and that God will be merciful to on you. And uh, the Ebishter will uh, uh, show you mercy, and he's gonna make make bestow his mercy and make you and uh, multiply you. Yeah. Mazel tov, mazel tov, mazel tov. Thank you very, very much. Just as you were Messiah in this day for the Ebishter should give you gesund tenachas, parnasa, and health, and joy and simcha to be able to be Messiah many, many other svarim. This was personally very, very inspiring and uplifting and very much appreciated. Maskifa maschalala shlama. We immediately begin. Sefer mishpatim, where the Rambam opens up with halacha aleph and he tells us that there are four types of custodians. There are four types of people who are Looking over your objects, and there are three general laws that apply to them. And the Ramam will, as he does, give us the general overview in the beginning. These are their names: someone who is unpaid, someone who borrows something, someone who actually you pay to watch your items, and someone who is renting your items. Thank you very, very much again for taking the time. This was uh, inspiring. I wish we could have continued longer. But our, we try to keep to our half an hour time limit so that our customers come back. And we look forward to seeing everybody back at the end of Sefer Mishvatim with Gesundheit and with Mazel. The Abisha should help. We should talk, understand what we're learning. We should learn it with more diligence than we did last year. Thank you very much. Hatzlacha. A very big Yashakir to Rabbi Cantor, who is the uh, force behind this, to Rabbi Lane, who's uh, moderating tonight, and to all those who are behind Mifzer Rambam and the Rambam app. Hatzlacha. Thank you very much. And Zai Gesundheit.